Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody, and uh, welcome for those joining us online. We are so glad to have you a part of everything that's going on as well. Last weekend on Easter, we opened up a brand new series about our future and forgiveness. And so I want to just start by asking you, how many would consider yourself to be a pretty forgiving person? Can I see your hands there? Can you just put that online as well? Yeah, okay. Most of us would consider ourselves to be pretty forgiving. Um, anybody here that just is saying, I am proud of being unforgiving and a grudge holder? Yeah, even if you are, you usually just don't say that publicly, do you? You don't want to, you don't want to acknowledge that. Well, I want to take us to a time in which Jesus is teaching his followers about this matter of forgiveness. And in it, it is just like, it's pretty radical and high impact on those that are listening to him. In fact, one of his closest followers, his name was Peter, sometimes we call him the Apostle Peter. Peter was listening to these things that Jesus was saying and doing his best to process them. Now, Peter thought he was a pretty forgiving person as well. And so as he thought about what Jesus was saying, it was like, oh, I've got it. And Peter came up with the number. The number of times that he felt would be generous in forgiving a person. In fact, Peter was so you know, impressed with what he was thinking, he was just like, I gotta tell this to Jesus because Jesus is gonna be impressed with me too. Have you ever think, I got something to tell Jesus that he's gonna be so impressed with me? So Peter goes up to Jesus. And um, we're gonna be heading toward Matthew 18, if you wanna just kind of look ahead that way with us. But he comes up to Jesus and said, Jesus, I've been listening to what you've been saying. And I know how many times we should be willing to forgive another person. And I'm sure Jesus is just kind of like, this is gonna be interesting. He's like, okay. And Peter goes like, the number is, and so I was like, Peter's like, wait for it, Jesus. Wait for it, wait for it. And then Peter goes, seven. That's right, Jesus, seven times. Now you go into, what is Peter thinking? In part, Peter's thinking this, that the religious teachers of that day said that a person could be forgiven three times, but three times and no more. The Jewish Talmud, which is a commentary on the Old Testament, they had brought it down to two. A person can be forgiven twice for an offense, and after that, it was no more. So you see what Peter did, right? He took the biggest number, three, he doubled it, and then he added one just for emphasis. Like, here I am, Jesus, like seven times. And Jesus looks at him and goes, Actually, Peter, I think the number would probably be more like 77 times or seven times 70. And Peter was just kind of like, his mind exploded. What Jesus was saying, like, it was unthinkable. And understand, Jesus isn't giving us a number here so that we can start to keep a list and keep track. I mean, if it was 77, I mean, if Denise kept a list in our first few months of marriage, I would have burned that number. Right? I mean, I would have been like, okay, that's it, 77, you are done. 
If, if you go for the bigger number, and it could get translated either way, 77 or seven times 70, I mean, the bigger number. I might have gotten through the first year of marriage if she was keeping track with a list that way. And she goes like, there you go, 490, and you are done. Jesus wasn't saying, keep a list and then build to this number. He was saying, we need this ongoing forgiveness, the attitude of forgiveness in our life. And then he went on to share a very powerful story. In fact, I think it's a, it's a story that you will never forget. And if you've heard it, you'll probably remember it once we start into it. And if this is your first time hearing it, it'll be like, shut up, like you are kidding me. And I don't think you're ever gonna forget it. So if you happen to have a Bible, I want you to see it with me. So I'm gonna ask you to turn to Matthew 18. If you've got the Bible app on your phone, hope you do, um, open it up to Matthew chapter 18. If you don't have the Bible app yet, use the QR code, download that. Join us, of course, in the verse of the day. In Matthew 18, Jesus starts out this way. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven. I'm just gonna pause for one second with this. The word therefore ties what's being said to what's been said. So if you look back there and go like, oh yeah, Jesus has been doing a lot of teaching on forgiveness and here's this matter of Peter and his number right here. And then those words, the kingdom of heaven, it's gonna give you context like, oh, this is what he's talking about or to who he's talking to. So Jesus said, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants and as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he, his wife, and his children, and all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. That's what they did then. And at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay you back everything. And the servant's master, Jesus said, took pity on him canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him money, a hundred silver coins. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. What? And his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. And I, you know, like, you know how the story's gonna end, right? Verse 30, Jesus says, but... He refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went out and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all of that debt of yours because you begged me to? Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Now look at these next words. And Jesus says, and this is how my, how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. If you're taking notes in your Bible, you just might write beside that, no future without forgiveness. Now just for a little bit more clarity, understanding what was Jesus saying? These two debts that were owed, 10,000 bags of gold. How much is that? Again, if you're writing notes, it's about $8 billion with a B. 100 silver coins would be about $15,000. It's not nothing for sure, but 8 billion compared to 15,000, like 
That's a gap. But numbers sometimes can just go over our head. I know I like them. How can you picture something like that? Maybe this will help. If you took $15,000 in $100 bills, you could take that amount of money and you could put it in your pockets. I've carried $15,000 in cash when I've gone over to Africa before for some of the projects that we've done there. I mean, I've just, I've carried that amount on me. Eight billion, on the other hand, would require you to take a big backpack that you would have to fill with 100 pounds of $100 bills. So 100 pounds of $100 bills. And you would need 2,500,000 of these to get to 8 billion. So if we were to put these on our backs and we were to carry that, well, we know how many people it would be. That 2,500,000 people carrying 100 pounds of $100 bills. We would stretch from, from Waukesha, Waukesha, Wisconsin, for those that are online, all the way to Lake Michigan. That's the difference in debt of what was forgiven and what was asked to be forgiven. Wow, right? Now, Jesus puts a lot of emotion in this at the same time. I mean, you could emote with it, but when one servant just goes and begins to choke the other servant because he owes him something, it just goes to show us how unforgiveness can make us crazy. I mean, it can make us do some, some pretty wild or humiliating things. And one of the reasons I say that is, if you wanna hurt somebody, choking is not the best way to do it. If you were to come up and start to choke me right now, or choke me afterwards, I wouldn't recommend it, but if you were to come up and choke me afterwards, I will give you very quickly an advanced lesson in jujitsu. And you'll realize choking is not the way to go about to try to hurt somebody that way. But choking is about humiliation. It's about rage. Why did that guy let the other guy choke him? Because he was in debt. He had him over a barrel. And one person in unforgiveness just wants to make another person suffer in doing so. Now the question is, because you're not going to forget the story, who's the story for? Who was Jesus telling this story to? Now there's a person, right? And a group of people. He was telling it to specifically to, remember who he'd just been talking to? Peter. Yeah, he's talking to Peter. So Jesus is telling this story to those that are followers of his. We'd say he's telling it to Christians, not to people who are not Christians that way. So what is the lesson that Jesus is trying to tell to us? If you wanna write it down, write these two words down. Jesus is communicating that the forgiven forgive. Forgiven forgive. Forgiven people should forgive people. The forgiven need to forgive. The forgiven must forgive. Times we've said, when it comes to grace, it's grace in and then grace out. Forgiveness, it's forgiveness in and then forgiveness out. Jesus wants us to know and do this. Would you say it with me? Here's what Jesus is teaching us that, let's say it together, that 
forgiven, forgive. Say it again. That forgiven, forgive. Try and say it fast. It'll mess you up. Forgiven, forgive. Like, and let that begin to seep in. Now, those are powerful lessons. But it's so important with forgiveness that we make sure that we're keeping it personal in our lives. Right? It's that, that's that practicality of it. So if you were to be asked right now, how much have you been forgiven? And we're talking about from God. How much has God had to forgive you? Now here's when things can get a little bit squishy, right? Like, like I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure how to answer that. But would you say, God's had to forgive you a little bit? God's had to forgive you moderately? God's had a lot of forgiveness to give to you? That the person next to you needs more forgiveness than you do? I mean, how would you process that? And it's easy, because here's what we do. When it comes to the forgiveness that we need, we downplay it. When it comes to forgiveness that other people need, we upplay it, right? But with every single one of us, we do know this, that we have been forgiven more than we could repay. I'm carrying a debt with God that I would not be able to pay on my own. In fact, so much so that my debt would bring about my condemnation. Ephesians 2, verse 1 says this, and you who were dead in your trespasses and sin. So far to ask you like, hey, before you received Jesus, how dead were you? Were you just a little dead? Were you kind of moderately dead or were you dead dead? I mean, he's like, wait, it, like, it's more when you're dead, like, you just need life again. And not only do you want to ask, how much did God have to forgive me? But what did it cost God to forgive me? If you go back to Jesus' story, ultimately the king there, if he is going to forgive the $8 billion of debt, and it could be from a, a person that was over a country and collecting taxes at that point. But the king, to forgive that $8 billion means he's going to have to absorb the cost of it. How much did God have to forgive us? And what did it cost him? Well, you could say this. It cost him everything. In order to forgive, Jesus is going to have to come. He is going to have to die upon the cross and to suffer hell for us. I just want you to you know, let, this, let this word come to you. God suffered for your forgiveness. God suffered for us so that we could be forgiven. I think C.S. Lewis in one, one sentence is kind of, you know, really pulls things together. And here's what he said. He said, to be Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Now, you may want to just do a quick um, screenshot of this, take a picture of that. I mean, it, it, it's great to think about. It's, of course, it's in your notes, and anytime you want, you can scan the QR codes. I've got notes from what we're talking about that's there for you. But think about that. To be Christian means to excuse the inexcusable because God has excused the inexcusable in us. What does Jesus mean when he says forgive? As somebody says, what, did, yeah, what does forgiveness mean? Jesus would equate 
when an offense or somebody sinning against God or against somebody else as occurring a debt. In other words, sin always costs. And so if sin is debt or indebtedness, forgiveness would simply mean to cancel the debt. Something that you owe, I give up, I cancel your debt, as well as my right or feeling privileged for retribution. See, sometimes we're willing to cancel a person's debt. I'll forgive you, but I'm gonna make you suffer. I'm gonna make you pay. I'm gonna hold this over your head. You owe me, so I'm gonna give you payback. But if we cancel the debt, what we've done is said we're even, so there's no payback to be had. All of us know what an IOU is, right? If you give me an IOU, or if I give you an IOU, I'm saying, hey, I've borrowed this or I've done this and here's what I owe you, I've given it to you. Well, it's not an IOU that we want our focus on. This card is the UO card. And this is the UO me card. I don't know how many of these you happen to be carrying with you today. But a UO card is when you have done something that is a sin against me or you've offended me, then I'm holding this card against you. You owe me. I am going to, I, you know, you are going to pay for what you've done. For example, if you were to um, go on social media and maybe betray a trust, something I entrusted to you, and then you just put it out for the whole world to see. It's a great humiliation, but it also costs me my job. You owe. And every time I look at you, you owe. I want you to pay for what you have done to me, that one sin, that one offense. Like, here's the you owe card. Forgiveness is this. You owe, but I am going to cancel the debt. That which you did, canceled, gone. No payback because the debt has been forgiven. As soon as we start talking about the UO, how you have hurt me, how you have wounded me, how you have sinned against me, and we need to forgive before we get to this, I know. There are walls that begin to go up. There's defenses that begin to be erected. It's like hands go up at this point. Now this is important because not only do we need to understand what forgiveness is, it's really important to understand what forgiveness isn't, lest it become a reason that we don't extend the forgiveness we need. You see, forgiveness is not an approval of what was done. You know, it's not saying to a person, you know, like, you know, it's okay. It's not okay. It wasn't okay for you to betray my trust. It wasn't okay for you to make that public. When we sin against God, God doesn't go like, ah, that's okay. It's not okay. Neither is it excusing or justifying what was done. Well, I know you were having a bad day. Maybe there's low blood sugar. Um, it, you know, that's the reason you did it. Truth of the matter is, what you did to me, it's inexcusable. There's no reason for it. Forgiveness isn't a denial. It's not pretending that it didn't happen. 
Like, nah, you know, I'm just trying to put that on my mind. That's not what forgiveness is because it did happen. I, you know, I may still carry the scars physically, emotionally. It happened, right? Forgiveness isn't an automatic restoration of trust. You broke trust, so I'm going to immediately just, you know, um, give you back the trust that you once had. That's not what forgiveness is or does. Neither is forgiveness a release from criminal consequence. It may be that you have done something and wounded me, and you owe me. And I can with you say personally, I am going to cancel the debt of what you personally owe me. But just because I've done this doesn't mean that there aren't consequences. It is not a loving thing to let one person sin in such a way, sin criminally against another person, and you go like, ah, I've just forgiven them, I'm just putting that behind me, and then let them go out and to do it to somebody else. See, forgiveness doesn't mean that there's no consequence that the person is going to have to pay as the result of it. True story. Um, May 1981, so go back a few years. Ali Agga, with murder in his heart, approached Pope John Paul II and shot him four times. One bullet hit his hand, one arm, two went into his torso. Almost succeeds in assassinating him. Um, his health, John Paul's, is never going to be the same after that. Edka is captured. He's immediately, I mean, he is, he's tried and he is given life in prison. John Paul, as he goes to the hospital and begins his recovery, he says this, he says, pray for Ali Agka, whom I, and these are his words, quote, have sincerely forgiven. Two years later, John Paul, he goes to see Ali Agka in prison to personally communicate to him that he had forgiven him. Now, Agka wasn't looking for forgiveness. He hadn't said, you know, would you forgive me? Had no interest or desire in that at all. But we know what John Paul was willing to do. He had taken that, that you owe me card and had torn that up. Fast forward to the year 2000, so almost 20 years into the future. Ali Agka is pardoned from prison by the president of Italy. And this was at John Paul's request. Fast forward a little bit further. John Paul had continued to try to befriend his family and help the family out as well. And almost 25 years afterwards, Ali Agka opens his life up to Jesus. I think we could say, would never have happened had not there been a willingness to forgive. The difficult and painful question that I'm putting before each of us today is this. What cards are you carrying today? When you were to look at this, there is a name, there is an offense that is on here. I'm asking you, what have you been unwilling to forgive? Who have you been unwilling to forgive? There are some that you carry this UO card from your parents, 
or something you feel that they failed or they failed in doing for you and left you wounded. For some, there's an abuse that this card represents. Maybe physical, maybe mental, emotional, it could be sexual. For some, there's a sexual assault that's attached to this card. And you're saying, I will never forgive them. What they did was inexcusable. That's true. But I'm holding, I will not cancel that debt. Maybe you were betrayed. Maybe you've been stolen from. Maybe there's been a trust that was betrayed in you. There's a deep wound that you continue to carry. The question is, will you Forgive. Will you cancel that debt that you've been holding on to? Because if not, Jesus would say, remember, there's no future without forgiveness. Remember how it affects our relationship with God, and that's affecting our future. Now I know, some of us are going like, I got the card. I'm holding this card, but I'm okay, it's okay. Hear me, it's not okay, and you're not okay either. And there's a bitterness that is going to infect us, and it's going to affect the others in you as well. One of the great gifts that we are going to be given by Jesus and offered is the gift of forgiveness. We use this box to represent the greatest, most expensive and valuable gift that we've ever been offered the gift of Jesus' forgiveness. We know the cost that it was to God to be able to supply this gift to us. And it is the full pardon, it is the tearing up of any sin debt that we had before God. And it's of grace, and it's of mercy. And Jesus extends it again. He said, I want you to have this. I went to the cross for you. I've resurrected for you. Will you take my gift of forgiveness? And we know that in receiving this gift, it's not just the gift of forgiveness, but there's more. Because Jesus also gives to us then the gift of forgiveness. The gift of being forgiven. The gift are forgiven. Now some, some of us, I have certainly in my life at, at points said, Jesus, thank you so much for this gift. This is a life-changing gift. This? Nah, don't think so. Not interested. This is what I'm holding on to, and it's all okay. But Jesus has told us differently. Though I have been forgiven, eight billion worth. My unwillingness to forgive, it's like landed me back in a place that I never wanted to be. This was for my relationship with God. This is for my relationship with people. If you haven't received the gift of eternal life and forgiveness, I hope you will today. 
And if you have, that you will equally receive and act upon the gift of forgiveness today. Could be. You're at a place today, and you're a good place. You're not carrying any UO cards. You've forgiven those that have sinned against you, not holding on to these, and these aren't holding you back. But the other news, don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but the bad news is this. There's more of these coming. And you may say, I've got no offenses that are outstanding against anybody. But this week it could change. Usually we're blindsided by these. This year, I could have a couple of these. And for sure in life, I know I'm gonna get more. The quicker that it comes, you sin against me, you offend me. The quicker that I get this, you owe me. I want you to pay. The quicker I get this, and the quicker that I do this, the better off my life is and the closer that I am with God. It's a, it's a lesson to take to heart. If we need it now, let's act. And let's take it with us to be ready to act on it. Because forgiven, forgive. Would you say it one last time with me? Because forgiven, forgive. Forgiven, forgiven. Forgive. Would you pray with me? Jesus, those that are here right now and the realization that they do have a sin debt before God that they cannot pay, but that you paid it for them on the cross and that you offer to them the gift of eternal life right now and a forgiveness and a relationship with God and they are ready to ask you to be their Lord and Savior, to put their full faith and trust in you for what you've done for them on the cross. If that's you today, friend, I'm gonna ask you, would you just boldly lift up a hand and acknowledge, today I'm receiving Jesus' gift of forgiveness. What he provided for me on the cross, that's the gospel. Sure, others just lift them up. Love the boldness. Online, yeah. Then for those that have been forgiven, but you need to forgive. Will you, where you are right now, take that debt that you're owed by somebody else and will you tear that up? And as we forgive, Lord, may we understand the freedom and the joy that comes in doing so. There's so much more I know you have for us we're going to act on what we've got today. We pray this in your name, Jesus, and everybody in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.